Welcome to the Channel 17 podcast, a supposed to be weekly podcast covering the Atlanta Braves in a father-son discussion. I am your host, Will Floyd, and joining me as always is my father, Tim Floyd. Well, thanks, Will, and it's great to be back with you. And as you say, it's supposed to be weekly, but it's been just about a month, so it's great yeah. to get back to it. So you are out of the country then I was out of town, then all sorts of other weird vacation things that made it yeah. very impossible lots to record. Of, lots of miles for the two of us since yes. we last talked, but fortunately for us, the Braves are still in first place. Not just later. still in first place, with a three-game lead. Right. Um, they are at 46-34, and 34, which is one behind their Pythagorean record, although I think a one-game difference means nothing. They'd, they'd actually been a fair amount behind their Pythagorean early in the year. They were kind of unlucky. Um, but, yeah, this it's not a fluke, the way they've been scoring runs and remaining runs there. And, you know, we're at the halfway point of the season. They're on yeah. pace to win more than 90 games. Well, and they were 29-20 and 20 the last time we talked. So oh, is that right? They've, so, yeah, they've, they've, they've gained sli- over 500. The, the best thing is But about that the same percentage. The, the teams they're really battling with, the Phillies and the Nationals, did not have good Junes. No. Um, the Nationals, I, I mean, I still think they will they will put it together, and they've got the most talent in the division, but, man, they, they have stuck it up lately, and that's fun to see. <laughs> right, and it's because Bryce Harper shaved, as we all know. Right, uh, of you course. You should never shave your beard in the middle of a season. Yeah, uh, what was he thinking? But what's really interesting to me about the Braves is that a lot of the things we were worried about might not hold true, have largely been okay, I would say. Yeah, yeah. and you know, they, they've they've maintained their hold and strengthened it on first place over the last month without Ronald Acuna, yeah. uh, who's been on the DL that whole time, just got back last night, Friday, we're recording on Saturday, um, and he's... He's a huge part of their offense going forward, I think. Uh, Ozzie had a really bad stretch until the last five games or so. Um, offensively, there's several, and Freddie's been in a real funk for the last couple of weeks. Um, but somehow people keep coming through. Last night they won. Camargo and Swanson had three hits yeah. each. So, um, well, and Camargo has really gone from being solid enough to almost making you wonder if it's worth it to trade for a third baseman. I, I, I'm, I'm a lot more bullish on Johan Camargo now than I was before this season started. I was quite skeptical. A lot of people were kind of excited because, you know, he hit 300 last year in the big leagues. But it was a fairly empty 300. He had a little pop, but he just didn't walk enough, and he had some, um, some luck on balls that he did hit. But this year, it's one of the most remarkable things. You rarely see this in a young player. His plate discipline has just is 180 degrees. He is walking at a very high rate, so that his his on base, even though his his batting average has been down, you know, 250 or below mostly, his on base percentage is hovered around 350 uh, with some power. And right now, he's got his OPS up around 800. Um, yeah, he's and, been great. If he can if he can get his batting average up 270, 280, continue to walk and hit more homers and doubles, um, you could do a lot worse in third base than Camargo. So. That, that's that's encouraging and and pretty much every other spot in the lineup you got to feel pretty good about that the catching duo improbably continues to hit much better than you ever would have thought they would before last year um 
Freddie's still the best offensive player in the league, even with a bad couple of weeks. I think he's just about to turn that around. Ozzie has turned around his little slump. Um, Marcakis, although he didn't hit not hitting for the power he did in April and May, he's he's having the best offensive year yeah. he's had in maybe ever, certainly in close to a decade. And uh, even Enciarte, who's maybe been the biggest disappointment among all the regulars over the last couple of weeks, is starting to be where he needs to be. So offensively, and... there've been a been a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. But they're they're still are they still leading the league in runs scored? If they're right up there, they're close. If they're not, I don't have that up right now. Ender Enciarte is also not impressive, but holding his own and is the best defensive center fielder in the game. Right, right. He he's not necessarily the guy you want at the top of your order. We've said that all along. But if, as long as he hits three hundred as he did the last couple of years, um, in his own base at about a three fifty clip, yeah, you're happy with that. The problem is he's hit. 250 rather than 300 but yeah. he's starting to hit a little bit more but it's a something you'd go to war with in the playoffs as an offense pretty solidly i mean i'm not going to yeah. say we shouldn't look for upgrades if we can but they're fine they're pretty exactly. good every position is pretty good obviously you could upgrade at a few spots but um no it's and that's the thing like like last night's game the top of the order wasn't doing a whole lot but the seven and eight hitters, you know, had six hits between them. Which is a great way to keep your offense going, but also you don't need your offense to go that strongly when the pitching has been as good as it is, which is maybe a bigger takeaway. I hate yeah. to say that over, because the over offense the last great. month, um, I mean, the two best starting pitchers, of course, have been Fulte and Nuke. Um, two very similar pitchers, you know, and that, you know, great stuff, but command issues and inconsistency and both of them have just been quite consistent all year and they maintain that over the last month they both um you just feel pretty good every time either of them starts i wish they Which could throw fewer pitches and about. go more innings um but that's just the nature of who they are they're, they're they still walk too many people but both of them are really limiting hits and home runs some of that may be luck um but, you know, they're, just, they're hard to square up. They both have such good stuff. Um, as long as they don't walk too many people, they're, they're, they're guys you can rely upon. Well, and certainly if you look at fielding independent pitching, it is luck from maybe the standpoint of evaluating them in a vacuum. But they aren't right. in a vacuum. They're going to perform with the Braves' defense, which has been very, very, very good. Right. And that helps. Dansby Swanson isn't setting the world on fire at the plate, but he's a capable shortstop. Ozzy Albies is spectacular at second. Yeah. Johan Camargo is another shortstop. It's really three shortstops in the infield with those three. Oh, right. The, the, the defense, and with Acuna in left field, and then you get a the defense is just, just really good across across the board. You already mentioned Isiarte being the best defensive center fielder in the league. Um, and that's, that's worth a lot, especially with young pitchers like this. Um, well, and we might so there's, see even there's a lot pitchers. to feel good about at this point. It's the halfway mark. Yeah. We'll win more game, and it's exactly the halfway mark. Um, and, you know, almost any, it's, it's extremely difficult to project the second half because they just don't have that many players that just have established track records. You sort of know what you're going to get. I mean, baseball is always unpredictable, even with people that are established. But um, they got, I mean, will Acuna take take off and do even better or will the league figure him out and he'll struggle will all 
Beast be the player he was in April and May or will be the player he was in the first three weeks of June. Swanson's been so inconsistent. Who knows? Um, but they, they got enough people. I mean, it's, it's just hard to say, but it's just fun to watch, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's different people almost every night. Well, and that's what makes me feel best is that this isn't – we aren't saying, okay, we have to have Marcakis and Freeman hit every night. Right. They have been most nights. Both those guys have been hitting well enough. But – You know, the last time the Braves were competitive, like in 13 and 14, um, they were 14, kind of they bad had, had a really bad finish. But at this point, they were still looking like they were contending for the division had very inconsistent lineups because they had both Ugla and the guy used to be known as BJ Upton, both of whom were just miserable. Um, and they had Chris Johnson at third base who after one good year was, I mean, they, they had some really great hitters in the lineup, uh, but they also had some real holes and it's, it's more fun to watch a team. And I think it's more productive offense. If you got, you know, just pretty good hitters at, at every spot and a couple of real stars at elsewhere. Well, and you that's feel who better this team overall. Is. Exactly. That's what's great. It's not what I predicted before the season no. started. I, I was, I was cautiously optimistic that the pitchers would take a step forward, which they have, mainly Fultonavich and Newcomb. Um, but I really didn't see that the offense would be better than last year's, and it's remarkably better than last year's, and I think it will remain quite good. Well, literally, no one thought that Nick Markakis would hit three twenty three. So, Literally, no one thought that Ozzy Albies would lead the league extra bases. Yeah, he slowed off of the um, shattering a record pace, but he's still on pace if you count it that way. Oh, right. To have a phenomenal season. Even Dansby, who's been slightly disappointing, 253 batting average, 303 on base, 427 slugging. That equates yeah. to a basically league average hitter slightly below while being a very good shortstop. While being a very good defensive shortstop, absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's I mean, the, and the catching duo is um, combined almost as good as any catcher any other team has in the league. Yeah, um, I mean, last year they basically gave a Johnny Bench season, and they aren't doing right. that again, but they're pretty good. Charlie Culberson has held his own while having to be— <laughs> Yeah. The left fielder. New folk hero, yeah. Uh, because, Charlie essentially, yeah. if he faces a walk-off situation, you'll yeah, come I, through. When, when Acuna went down, of course, the best news is Acuna's not out for the season. I was watching when he had that injury, and God, that's even thinking about it makes me sick to my stomach. And yet, you know, here he is back in the major leagues and apparently moving just fine. His knee's okay. But anyway, for the last month, with him out, uh, it's mostly been Char- Charlie Culberson playing left field, and doggone it, they've held their own. Um, I, Culberson's not really that good, but he's come through when they needed him. And now he's so back to gosh, being a It's sub. just a fun team to watch. So the thing that gets me, though, is the pitching, again, because we've taken a month off and it's good to regroup, Fulte and Nuke have been outstanding. I have right. no complaints. I mean... To say I wish they would go further into games seems silly at this point. Yeah, it's probably just not going to happen. Right. But Julio has been good, not Julio. great. The thing about Julio is 
He's had four excellent starts where he didn't give up any runs in at least six, sometimes seven innings. And he's had about six starts where he gave up about five runs or more. It, it, he really hasn't had any mediocre starts. Um, the good news is he's capable, obviously, of pitching really well. Um, what, there's not as much margin for error with this Julio, whose fastball tops out at about 92 and he's consistently throwing it in the 90s. Sometimes he's got the really good breaking ball, his slider. When he's locating the fastball, still has a good changeup, uh, gets the slider down where he wants to, he's getting major league hitters out. But all of that's got to work, and sometimes he has that command, and sometimes he doesn't. Um, what's been striking about Julio is when he's pitched well, he looks an awful lot like his new teammate, Anibal Sanchez. Sanchez is, they kept showing him in the dugout last night, um, talking to Julio and demonstrating something about wind-up and delivery and pushing off from the rubber. Um, he, he apparently does that a lot with the pitchers. He's like a second pitching coach. I don't know if he knows what he's talking about or not. But speaking of Anabel Sanchez, he had an, he's had an excellent June since we last yeah. talked. He, is, he, he, he missed some time on the DL, but he's, he's pitching really well. With the same kind of thing we're talking about with Julio, a fastball that's low 90s at best, um, but good location, mix in the breaking change speeds, good change up. Um, you know, obviously you can get major league hitters out that way so long as your command is really excellent. Not not much room for error. You, you can't afford to throw that ball over right over the plate, but you, you keep it on the black, um, you'll get major league hitters out. So I'm, I'm kind of optimistic about Anibal going forward. On the other hand, he's, he was pretty terrible the last couple of years in the American League. But if he's if he's figured out how to get hitters out, but maybe he's Bartolo Colon too. He'll have another decade or more of being a good pitcher. Uh, and, I, mean, I mean, Colon is still well, winning games, yeah. by the way. Did you see that the other That's day? That's the most it, insane thing. But Yeah, Colon is now the winningest pitcher all time from the Dominican Republic. More than Juan Marichal, which is more than Pedro Martinez. But yeah, well, he's also pitched like he's he's forty five years longer. old. Yeah. And the thing that Bartolo is interesting to think about with Anibal, Anibal Sanchez wasn't quite that kind of power pitcher. Actually, as a, I remember, as a rookie, he well, was. no, he, he could. Cologne was a special young pitcher. Cologne was probably better early on. Yeah. He was he was dominant. Well, but Anibal was a power pitcher, and that that was how he got people out. And hell, he led the American League in ARA when he over the Tigers. He had some flashes of being really good. Um, the last couple of years, he was terrible, and it looked like his career was over. Um, but sometimes these guys figure it out. I don't need to throw in 96 to get them out. I can get them out at 89 as long as I put it exactly where it needs to be. And change speeds and move it up and down, in and out. And I mean, that's, Julio Tehran is at that point of his pitching, career. But it's, and it's easier yeah. said than done. Julio, of course, is only 27 years old, but he's at the point now he needs where to figure he's, it not out. Throw, he's not going to throw 95. If he's going to yeah. get major league hitters out, he's got to do it throwing a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Um, well, you but, know, we've talked about the uh, lineup. We've talked about the defense. We've talked about the starting rotation. We should also give a nod to the bullpen. Well, um, yes. Because they're, 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 they've been – well, let me put it this way. We should give a nod to certain parts of the bullpen. Yes. The, <laughs> the bull, there have been some very pleasant surprises in the pen. 
Um, but overall, you'd still have to say the big weak link in the team is the bullpen. I think overall I saw some numbers in the last week that they're, they're sort of middling um, in terms of all the main pitching stats out of the bullpen, um, 15 to 20 and overall ML stats. Um, they're, they're, not, they're not abysmal, but th- there have been several games where they blew it, including yes. one against the Orioles in the last yes. week that was really frustrating. Um, they got a couple of pitchers that really haven't pitched well. They've also had injuries. Their, their closer, Vizcaino, has been out for the last couple of weeks. Um, not that he was all that dominant. Their closer of the future, A.J. Minter, has been frustrating because um, mm-hmm. he hasn't been dominant like we thought he might be. Um, the, far and away, the best reliever has been Minter. I mean, not Minter, Winkler. Um but even he's not perfect. He had a couple of tough outings since we last talked. His ERA is still around two, and he's still, I think, their best reliever. Um, so, so they've they've had you know plenty of good stuff. Young Jesse Biddle, who has has actually had several good outings since we last talked, he may be a keeper out there. So they got some things yeah, to work and- with. But but if if Anthopolis is going to do anything in terms of upgrading this team, it sure seems to me that that a good, strong, dependable bullpen arm or two would do more than anything else. Yeah, but wouldn't you say it's a dependable bullpen arm rather than, yeah. oh my God, we need to totally rearrange this bullpen? True. They, they got enough to work with, but you know, when the starters only go six. Yeah, well, just, that's Major League Baseball in 2018. Well, I mean, that's what everybody's doing. I know, yeah, I mean. You, need more, you need more guys on the bullpen than I'm used to thinking you need. I used to think um, you get two or three good arms out there, you're in great shape, which you were back. I mean, even in the '90s, with with the Hall of Fame rotation the Braves had, um, they still needed to have two or three good relievers. But that would be enough. You got to have four or five now, and if you've got three good ones and three that stink it up, you're going to lose a fair number of games. You shouldn't have to lose. So, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't know who's available or who's that dependable. Um, but I mean. The but easiest thing to get. At least one good bullpen arm and yeah. even two would, would make me feel better. But the easiest thing to get is the bullpen arm. I would have liked to have had Kelvin Herrera, but I, I don't blame Anthopolis for not for jumping the gun. Washington right. is a little desperate. You know, they, they went out and got him a couple of weeks ago. But there, there are some other ones, I'm sure, that will be available. And I'm sure Anthopolis is talking to people about whoever they are. Sure. I mean, it's... It, the least exciting thing to trade for is a middle reliever. Right. I just can't get myself worked up. A, a, a guy to pitch the ninth inning would make me feel better. I don't know what the story is with this guy. You know, he had a sore he shoulder. He, he hadn't pitched that poorly. He's actually pitched. His numbers he's aren't got a bad. He makes you nervous. You know, he's uh, he doesn't seem to get too many one, two, three ninth innings. Yeah. He's called the right, but he manages to get through it throwing a 98 mile an hour heater doesn't hurt um he manages to get out of trouble that he makes most of the time but um, he makes you nervous um i keep hearing rumors by the way that they they might sign craig kimbrell in the off season but that's that's getting ahead of ourselves what i mean anthopolis keeps saying things like we could sign whoever and the team's timetable seems to have shifted up so we're gonna well, that's the big thing that Going into the season, the trade with the Dodgers, where they took on you know, 
more salary this year to freed up for next year was this year is you know we'll make some small steps forward and then we'll spend money in the off season and obviously as you say the timetable has jumped ahead and that's that's the big question over the next month and literally we're talking about the next month we're mm-hmm. one month away from the trade deadline um that they will do something to make an upgrade but will it be one more starting pitcher will it be a third baseman is we were just saying maybe they might be all right without upgrading either spot but man i think they will we will see a new bullpen arm or two yeah we'll see something and the easiest thing to well, get is a starting bullpen pitchers arm. i mean if they could get yeah. somebody that's a dependable Ooh. starting pitcher that would i don't know who it is that's right. the problem <laughs> i saw some people this week talking about you got to go after madison bumgarner and so well, why would the Giants make them available? They're about a 500 team right now. I mean, at yeah. two or three weeks, they're they're 10 games under 500. Um, then maybe, but he's a pop. I can't imagine they would unload him. He's also got a year of control left after this year, which is one reason you might be willing to give up stuff to get him. But that's not. He's also not the same guy. He's he's not Madison Bumgarner of four years ago. Yeah, because right. he got in an ATV accident or whatever it was right. that happened. Uh, the other thing that I heard that I thought was weird and kind of made sense, but only in a you wouldn't have to give up much to get him thing, was Adrian Beltre. Yeah. Um, Which I guess, sure, maybe. This, and I said, this is the last year of his contract. Yeah, um, he's also what? So he, he, 45? Maybe, maybe 65? How old is career. he? <laughs> he's already a Hall of Famer. He's already got his yeah. He's a guy, sure, if, if you're pushing for the pennant in August, September, he's a guy you'd love to have, either play third base most of the time or at least be a great bat off the bench. But I don't know what you'd have to give up to get him. Um, you know, the Braves still have lots of pitching prospects, but on the other hand, um, they still don't. You know, let's go back to the starting pitchers. In some ways, the most exciting young pitcher they've had, we talked about Bolte and Nuke, is Soroka, because obviously he's had Oops. a couple of phenomenal starts. But since we last talked, he's on he's the 60-day DL. With him. I don't know what to believe from the team, but they say, oh, it's just precautionary. It's good to rest that shoulder. It's nothing to worry about in the long run. When a 20-year-old starting pitcher has shoulder trouble like that, um, it, it kind of made me sick to my stomach to hear it. You know, he went on the DL early, and he came back, and he pitched really well. Oh, okay, no big deal. And then all of a sudden, I saw that announcement. They were gonna well, no, no, no. Let's months. let's be very, very, very clear. The timing almost felt like, hey, he really started pitching again, and man, his shoulder got bad. Yeah. I mean, that's what it felt like in the moment. I know. Um, I like to think that it's really maybe not anything too serious that... Um, you need to limit his innings anyway and let him take a month or six weeks off and then stretch his arm out and then he's ready again in the middle of August and help you down the stretch. Uh, that's 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 the ideal scenario. More realistically, when you got a shoulder like that, I, I don't think we'll see him again this year. I just hope that it's nothing that ruins his career because, man, he looks so good. He, he, he's been my favorite of the Braves young pitchers for a couple of years now, and when he finally got Finally, when he got to the big leagues as a 20-year-old, yeah, finally. he didn't disappoint. Man. Um, but they got plenty more. Um, Gohara has been a disappointment for all kinds of physical and family reasons this year. but Still immensely um, talented, no, still very young. No, exactly. 
Um, Allard has pitched wonderfully at AAA. I think we'll probably see him in the bigs in the next month or two, maybe. Um, although I hope, I don't know whether they're going to be start using They keep going with Whistler and Sims, the long man, and back and forth. And they were doing it with Freed. You mentioned early in this, in our talk, that Max Freed starts tonight. I'm kind of, I'm cautiously optimistic about him. I've been higher on sure. him than his results have warranted so far. But he has certainly yeah. shown flashes the last couple of years. I guess. When he can throw that 94-mile-an-hour fastball with as good a curveball as any left-hander you want to see, um, the guy the guy can be good. He may not be, but let's. I'm, I'm hoping he'll get a chance just to start for a few games see if he can do it. I mean, I've long thought Freed needs to be a bullpen arm that throws that fastball and curveball as hard as possible for as little as possible. That may be, and that, that, that may very well be where he winds up, but it's with almost all of these guys. You don't want to do that until you know for sure you can't make it as a regular starting pitcher. Yeah, but this actually leads me to the larger point. The Braves have a lot of internal options in a lot of ways. I mean, there's Allard to bring up. Um, probably not a whole lot of other starters who have yet to be in the majors. Right. Uh we had you thought know. when the season started that if Kyle Wright was dominant, he hasn't that been, though. we might see him before the year's over, but he's been very inconsistent at AA, so uh, and we won't be seeing Kyle Wright this year in, in Atlanta, but um, n- no reason to believe he won't. He, he, he could still be a really good major league pitcher. Yeah. It's just taking a little bit longer. The other, He's only had like 17 professional innings sure, before this year. Sure, so. they haven't gone as well as you'd want, but whatever. Right. The other really interesting arm is Bruce Zimmerman, who, yeah. in addition to having the name of an average guy, has the mustache of an average guy, <laughs> but is a lefty who strikes people out. So guess what? He's got a future. They um, just jumped him from Rome, low A, skipped high, and he had his first double A start last night. And he struck out and 10. he struck out 10. Yeah. He, he's, he may be for real. And a guy like that, you know, I pointed out he's a lefty who gets strikeouts. He's pretty much going to be in the majors. Right. He would have to seriously injure himself to not get a chance with that kind of profile. And it's interesting to see people like that kind of come together. The Braves minor league system has not been as interesting this year because Albies and Acuna are in the majors. Well, you and I haven't talked about it it mainly because it's... We've been able no to need. talk about the big league team the last couple of years. You know, there just wasn't anything worth talking about at the big league level. Um, still a lot of interesting players in the minor leagues, although position player-wise, Austin Riley got off to the great start, but he's been injured, injured for several weeks. So I, I don't expect he'll be their third baseman in the second half this year. Um, also, Camargo's fine. It, yeah, that's just say that oh, again. I'm with you on that. Yep, no problem there. Um, the um, other and among interesting... the pitchers, you know, the guys that were drafted the year after Soroka and Allard, all those good pitchers, Anderson and Muller and Wentz and Bryce Wilson, they've all been inconsistent. They, they haven't been as consistently good as Soroka and Allard were. You know, yeah, Soroka and Allard just never hit out. a bump in the road. But that didn't mean they they won't. They all got potential to be really good. You just have to be a little bit more patient. Soroka and Allard were just kind of phenomenal to be you know, 19 years old and dominating at double A and then at 20 pitching great at triple A that, that rarely happens. I mean, the other interesting name 
in the Braves system right now is Drew Waters. Who... Yeah, among position players, he, he's maybe the one that seems to have the most potential. Now he's he's only playing at low A, um, but man, he's he's had a great year there. He's also like 21, and that's it, or even 20. Oh, he's not even that. Yeah. Um, he he might up. be 20. I mean, he was a high school draftee just two years ago. Um, he might have been 19 coming out of high school. I don't know, but he's he's young. I mean, he's just um, in his second full year, right? Hold on, I'm looking him up. The other thing about him, though, is he's a uh, switch hitting center fielder. Yeah, actually, his birthday is December 30th, 1998. Year. Right, I mean, it's his second year. And a local boy out of Etowah right. High School in Woodstock, Georgia. Which... Excellent speed, got power, good hit tool. He's he's got he's got it all. Um, whether he can do it beyond a ball, you never know. I mean, yeah, he is like at that. best a year and a half away, and that's right. if he basically torches the minors the next eighteen months. Right, but but long run, they, they and the other center fielder we've talked about earlier, Christian. Popsay, however he pronounces it. Um, I've never learned for sure how he does pronounce it, by the way. But but anyway. Um, well, if he could he, actually take a pitch, you might learn his name. <laughs> he's might be worth it. Yeah, he'll. He's going to be a major leaguer, though. But I would probably not all that soon, and I wouldn't expect him to be a superstar. But he's he's just nineteen. Yeah, he also right, has a sub three hundred on base. Right, they've got a bunch of uh, they got a bunch of pitchers. They got a few position players, but the future is now. The rebuild right. is is over. <laughs> this this team is in contention this year. That's what's fun and the interesting. Now, you know, we we said we're at the halfway point. Um, we are, but the Braves are now entering a two week stretch with the toughest schedule they've had all year because they're in St. Louis this weekend. Then they go to Yankee Stadium. Then they go to Milwaukee, who has the best record in the National League. Um, that that stretch uh, leading up to the All-Star break um, is, is really going to tell a tale. And if, you know, they could really not do well. I mean, if they won, if they went like 4-10 and 10 over the next two weeks, um, even so, they, you said they got a 3-4 game lead. They're going to be in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, the Yankees are on, like, a 107-win pace. Right. By the way, the Red Sox are on, like, a 108-win pace, so yeah, watch the that Sox division. And the Yankees and the Astros are all <laughs> playing, like, 667 ball, right. you know, which which is a 108-win pace. Um, and by the way, enough that they might keep it up because the rest of the league is bad enough. That right. That may very well happen. Having seen, and weirdly the Yankees lost this game, but I went to Old Timers Day at Yankee Stadium while I was on vacation and saw the Yankees play the Rays. It was one of those games. The Rays managed to get a good start for reasons that I don't totally understand. And they have a starting pitcher? Was it one of those bullpen games? Actually, here's what it was. It was supposed to be one of those bullpen games. Like, this is what everyone kept saying this was going to be one of those bullpen games and what made it even more apparent that this was a bullpen game was that the starter that day was uh wilmer font who that was on his third team this year 
He has a 167 ERA for the Rays. I don't really get it. And, and he like shut that. down the Yankees pretty much when you saw it. Yeah, I mean, he had the no main feet. All sixes and sevens and nines because they were just like, this isn't the guy we expected. You almost felt like they prepared for a different pitcher. That well, happens. Baseball, that kind of thing happens anyway. You but here's know. the other thing: the Rays are like 500, and you have like you would be shocked at their lineup. I was just I saw the Braves have played the Rays. And they had like three people I'd ever heard of. When One of whom is played. Malik Smith. Right. Um, Just so you know. Um, but, you know, there isn't that kind of threat. The Yankees and Red Sox are very, very, very good. This is going back to like the 2005, 2006 era. Yeah. When they or, were clearly the two best teams. We have to go to Yankee Stadium. As you mentioned, we follow that with a trip to Milwaukee. Right now, best record in the NL. On the other hand, that's then behind you. And we've done okay against the division. And we will, you know, probably have that weird game where both the Braves and the Brewers wear Milwaukee throwbacks. That always seems to happen. You can't tell who's doing what on the field. Um, We're going to hear a lot of comments, but... If we can win one game there, that would go a long way. And the key is really to beat the Nats, the Phillies, the Mets, the Marlins. Well, you're right. Um, And when you go down the stretch, that's pretty much who you're playing. Right. And so far this year, they have done well against within the division, and they got to keep that up. That'll take you a long way. Um, Two of the teams in the division are really pretty bad. I've noticed the Marlins have pretty much caught the Mets at this point. Um, not that the Marlins are really any good, but the Mets. But are neither are the apart. Mets. Um, right. The Mets are a hot mess. Well, but the the other thing that I I've been thinking about with trying to go big picture is the trade deadline and what the Braves might get. We kind of touched on it, but what's interesting is there isn't the oh my god if the Braves don't get this kind of player they're done. Oh right, yeah. There's nobody. The, um, there's some players they'd get. I mean, for example, are, are the Mets even thinking about tearing it down and therefore getting rid of DeGrom? Apparently, so, they really think they can still be contenders before his contract is up in two years. Yeah. I'm just going to let that settle. I'm just going to let people think on that on their own. If that's what they think. Sure. Okay. But they aren't really going to trade they're doing it. in any respect, obviously. And I'm not sure if you want the other guys... You know, I'd take DeGrom in a heartbeat. I'd take DeGrom in a heartbeat. But, yes. you know, there are other opportunities, I think. Are there other dominant starting pitchers that might be available in July? No, they're all on good teams. They're really, that's, that's what I was about to think. The teams that are, <laughs> I mean, in the American League. By the way, this isn't a 2018 thing. This is a baseball history thing. Yeah. If you have a dominant starter, you're probably okay. That's true. I mean... There are a few exceptions, like, you know, Steve Carlton in the Phillies. but Or um, Phil Necro in the 70s. Phil Necro in the Braves in the 70s. Um, no, what I was going to say is, in the American League, the, the, the five teams that are going to make the playoffs are pretty much set. I was looking at the schedule. Yeah. It would, it would, I mean, Seattle has been just so improbably good. Since, Seattle's like, on a 100-win pace, we should mention. I know. Um, they, they got five. They got... Four teams on a 100-win pace, and the Indians, I mean, will win their division by 20 games. Um, and so there's 
every other team is probably in sell mode, but I just don't know who that there's anybody that you really want that badly from any of those teams. No, there's not. <laughs> just, right. There's not a pitcher that's like that, certainly. Cole Hamels is available out here. I mean, depending on what you have to give up for Cole Hamels, right? I hope it wouldn't be very much. And that's the real question the Braves are going to face because they can give up a lot. Yeah. The starting offers will be Allard or Riley. That's the call that will have to make. But it's what is so clear now, unlike even a month ago, is the Braves are contenders as of now and will be in July. And so you need to think in those terms as far as the trade deadline. Last year, where the Braves were, you were at the, you saw the Braves in Dodger Stadium in July, where mm-hmm. I think they were 500. But we all knew they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not that good. And of course, the second half was pretty bad. This year, hell, they're in first place by three games. Um, you got, you got to, you got to go for it if there's a trade that makes sense. On the other hand, you don't trade away all your best prospects for two months of Manny Machado. Yes. No, you don't. And the I'm other thing is, right? Well, but the way the market's going to shake out is weird, also because there are some obvious sellers, there are some obvious positions, such as third base, that people yeah. will want, and it could make things a little bit weird. The starting pitching market might be less of a real buyer's market where you have so many options you don't need to give up. Right. But I mean, Cole Hamels has a three, six ERA in Texas as a 34 year old. How much do you really want to give up for him? Not much. And I assume he's a two month rental anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, Mike Miner is a teammate. He's got a four, six ERA. Bartolo Colon's also a teammate. I did not realize that that was the case until I looked up the... Bartolo Colon, yeah, let's try that. So, did not realize that the Braves cast-offs were playing such a big role in Arlington this year. Um, I knew what they were doing in Anaheim. I did not know that was an, another team in that division. Right. But, there, you know, there's not that kind of obvious player about, but the Braves do have the strength of... I like Bruce Zimmerman. He's fun. He's got the mustache. He's striking out people. But if you get rid of him or Tuki Toussaint, I'm not going to think, oh, man, that's someone that we just are going to hate to not have. We've known for three years that they're going to be trading multiple pitching prospects for major league players. You have to. But we've also known, but the time isn't now. All of a sudden, it's dawning on all of us. The time is now. Uh, we thought the time would be in this coming off season uh, a few months ago, but hey, I'm glad it's now. But, but at the same time, you got to get the right kind of return. Somebody who's got team control for a couple of more years—that's entirely different than a two-month rental. Um, giving up three top prospects for a two-month rental—I mean, depending on who it is. I mean, if it is Manny Machado, maybe maybe that is worth it. <laughs> um, but I don't know what it would take to get him. A lot. Right. He, he's their best chip. I mean, that's the thing. Right. There, there'll be there'll be lots of competition for that. I keep assuming the Dodgers are going to get him, but they haven't yet. No, well. Surely they I mean, will. They need him more than anybody else does. Uh, I have also seen the Dodgers a lot this year due to where I live, and I saw the Braves yeah. twice at Dodgers Stadium. Well, they've been a disappointment, haven't they? 
the Dodgers. That, that is a team that you stare at and think they could probably be good with a few tweaks. Yeah. Um, well, you know, last year they were they were phenomenal in June and July. Yeah. Um, and they were good. They could Hell, do it they again. Came, they, they were, you know, they came just this close to winning it all. Uh, and they're the same team, except, of course, they don't have their shortstop. Uh, and there's one playing in Baltimore that as soon as as soon as Seager went down, my assumption was, well, that's where Machado's going. But Baltimore's driving a hard bargain, obviously. Well, they can. And, you know, the interesting thing to look at with all of these different options for trades, you're going to need to get the right matchup for team and prospects, but also timing. Right. And presumably Baltimore will move first with Machado rather than Kansas City with Moustakas or Donaldson or Toronto Barca with Donaldson. Um, that the, the desirable one there is Machado. Everyone else is solid. Right. I'm just going to say that. Also, I'd like to have Donaldson, on the other hand. He might not be healthy. Who he knows? might not be healthy, and I'm not sure that I want to give up much for him. I'd like to have Moustakas, but again, it's that's a two-month rental. And Is Moustakas better months. than Johan Camargo at third? I'm being serious. Um, yes, in that the last couple of years, Moustakas has shown an ability to hit 35, 40 home runs in a year. Okay. And a guy who can hit the ball out of the park that regularly I like. On the other hand, I have never been a big Moustakas fan because his career on base percentage is barely 300, you know? And yeah, unless I do know he that. does hit 35 home runs in a year, he's just not that good an offensive player. Camargo's on base percentage is 350. Um, if he hits 15 or 20 home runs, um, yeah, it's, it's not an obvious upgrade to get Moustakas. Also, much better defensive third baseman. And oh, by right. the way, we already have him. Exactly. Right. We, we, we can keep playing him every day. Right. And that's going to be part of it as well. I think the Braves might not want to give up a lot because they have a decent option. Well, that that's the point we made early on when we started talking, that the Braves are doing okay. They don't have any obvious places where, oh, man, if they can't upgrade there, they're really in trouble. Um, other than the bullpen, they, they, they really do need another arm or two out there. Sure, but so does everybody. And they, Yeah, I know. And they, they don't come up with something. They'd also like to have... A real ace, but there have been like oh, three well, teams if, in if history that. Get, uh, I mean, if you could get, you know, I, but again, we 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 were stumped on even thinking about who that would be. If you know, well, we were thinking Degrom, but we don't think Chris Sale were on the market Chris. like he were a couple of years ago. That's the kind of guy yeah. you, have, you know. But that's there's nobody like that who's available, right? But I mean, yeah, you're not going to necessarily want to break the bank for an okay pitcher, right? Right. If you can get him on a pretty good deal, as we were talking about Camargo, you know, he's hitting I mean, two ninety three a year ago. The break, you know, right. he was a possibility. I, I'd, I'd like to have somebody like Sonny Gray, but um, you know, the Braves' internal options are, are not bad at the moment. So, and, and I, I mean, I know Sonny Gray is not available, but, no. I, but again, I'm not. I'm drawing a blank about who who even like that is out there. But we should also say there's a month. Chris Archer, yeah. And, you know, some team goes, you know, 3-10 and 10 over the next two weeks. They right. might all of a sudden decide to sell. Right. That's entirely likely. So 
We'll be monitoring that. We'll if see the Giants go three and ten and they want to sell Bumgarner, I'm listening. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, as we already said, the Braves are going to head to uh, Yankee Stadium after Bush, which that'll be fun. Yep. Yeah, um, I I would love to see the Braves play at Yankee Stadium for a whole host of reasons myself oh, in person. Maybe you and I'll go there together sometime. That'll be fun. Um, we we are not sitting in. Um, specific seats and sections if we do that um i'm just saying i'm, I'm gonna be at the back of a row too that's a section in the back row uh the other thing though that i want to mention here this is a tough time for the braves we might not have a fun conversation in a week but they've got a three game lead yeah um that's a pretty a, good lead to hold on to over as, a week. As tough as the schedule is over the next week, there's a still a real good chance they're in first place when we yeah. talk again. And, and even if they're not, they're right in it. With a tough schedule, they could still do well against the Yankees and Brewers. Well, you never know. I mean, um, that's how baseball works. The Braves just lost two out of three of the Reds and two out of three of the Orioles. That's, that's It happens. You just never know. Yep. These things happen because... You face the wrong starting pitcher, or one guy has a really bad outing from the bullpen, and the yep. game's gone. That's what's fun about it. Um, yeah, it's fun until October, and it dashes all your hopes <laughs> and dreams and makes you a terrible I, I would fan. just love to be a part of October baseball. Yes. It's been too long. Um, and so we'll talk about whatever goes on in a week. I assume you don't want to talk about the World Cup in a week, or NBA no. free agency, or that anything else. That have to be a separate podcast. Yeah. This is the Braves. Uh, right. So I can guarantee you uh, when we start making this weekly again, we will give you all the details of what happened with the Braves over the week, unlike what we did here. But whatever happens with the Braves, eventually we will get around to talking about it right here on the Channel 17 podcast brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network. You can find us online at ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com or anywhere you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Prod Leisure and at Channel 17 Pod. Thanks for listening, and I promise we will see you next week.